the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Christy Stratton, accredited divorce coach. So many people are affected by divorce at some point in their lives. It can be a lonely and challenging time of life, but it doesn't have to be. Whether you or a loved one is considering divorce, going through it, or coming out of it, the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton is here to be your go-to educational, informational, and inspirational resource for those touched by divorce. Christy has been there, and now she's here to walk the path with you as a certified divorce coach and as your thinking partner. Her guest will bring you important insight and information, helping you make better decisions through and beyond the process, inspiring you to be your best self for you and your family, all giving you hope and reassurance that you'll be okay. The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton starts now. And here's your host, Christy Stratton. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Divorce Coaching Hour. I'm delighted that you are here with us today. And if This is the first time you are joining us. A very, very special welcome to you. And if you're back again with us this week, as always, a very warm welcome to you, too. This show is for those considering in the midst of and coming out of divorce and also for friends and family of those divorcing. It can be an overwhelming life event for everyone involved. You know, we're not here to coach you to get a divorce or give you legal advice. What we are here to do is to walk the path with you no matter where it leads. And in fact, if what you hear on the show leads you to decide not to divorce, well, then we've done our job well. Continue to catch the show each week because we will continue to expand on this idea however it comes about. Um, My guests and I are here to help you make better decisions in this time and beyond to provide you information and resources and to give you ideas about how to be your best self in a time that can, frankly, bring out your worst. And we want to give you hope. And that's what we hopefully did last week as we talked about the meaning of the words divorce recovery. Friends, divorce recovery. We talked about what those words mean, why we want to know what they mean, and and how to do it. And we also discussed the idea that divorce recovery starts now and what we meant by that. If you missed it, make sure to go to the podcast tab under the programs tab on KKHT.com and listen to the show there. And while you're at it, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. You know, we couldn't have this discussion without fellow divorce coach and my mentor in divorce coaching, Susan Kiernan. And by the way, folks, she's back with us again this week, today for part two. And we're going to dig in a little more about the meaning of divorce recovery and ultimately what that looks like. But before that, here's a bit of a recap of what we came away with from last week's show. We said first and foremost, first and foremost, 
and it warrants repeating and said properly <laughs> uh, that, um, you know, it's just tough to say things sometimes, right? But again, first and foremost, uh, we said that recovery starts now, no matter the phase you're in. And you can take steps toward that recovery starting this very second. And we also said that recovery means a return to health. Let's face it. Something is or was broken in our marriage, I include myself, to bring us to the point of divorce. And that broken part may have been you, it may have been me, it may have been your spouse, it may have been my spouse. Something was broken. And in order to recover, we must return it to health. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) As we dug into the meaning of the words divorce recovery, we also spoke of some other words that came up that kind of aligned with us getting back to health. And many of those words came from those who responded to the question, what does divorce recovery mean that I pose to others and groups and organizations in which I'm in? They were forgiveness. And this was a frequent response. Uh, There was the word acceptance as accepting what is, letting go of what is not, and staying present. And also awareness, ultimately about self-awareness or self-evaluation. And we said getting really real (laughs) and looking inward, evaluating who you are. We talked about future growth and transcending divorce. And we also talked about Susan's nine G words. And just a few were grace, gratitude, and goals. And goal setting, that's huge, too. And you know what? We also talked about the idea that you are not a word or words. You are not divorce. You are not your relationship problems. Now, with all that said, today we will dig in a little more with the intent to understand what getting back to health, or as you may know it, divorce recovery, looks like. And we'll talk about the what, why, and how of it. So, Susan, you're back, ready for part two. I certainly am. I'm glad to be here, as always. Well, it's always so fun to talk with you, and I appreciate you calling in. I so wish you were here in the studio with us, but I know you're somewhere in the world. Where are you today? I'm just wondering. I am in Chicago, and it is a beautiful sunny day, but still quite chilly. Ah, well, it's it's uh, getting on up to the summertime here in Houston. So uh, <laughs> send some of that cool weather on down to us, please. <laughs> I'd rather have it the other way. You send us some warm weather. Okay, let's meet in the middle, right? <laughs> hey, that's what we're talking about, right? That we, we're, we're trying to figure out divorce recovery. Sometimes it is a meeting in the middle. But, you know, what we did talk about, and I think we got to... Um, maybe a better understanding. I think I did. I know we talked about divorce recovery as a moving forward, but even more so kind of looking at the etymology, but what other people said, as I said in the intro, is kind of a getting back to health. You know, it could be a getting back to health if you're saving your marriage in that consideration phase or getting back to health in the midst of it where you're kind of like, okay, let me just stop with all the fighting. Let's get back to health here uh, I think you use the word homeostasis and let's move forward, not creating worse problems. And, oh, by the way, I can do the same thing, get back to health when uh, I, I'm, I'm through the divorce process. And so as we talk about this, Susan, referring to this definition that I, I, I'm saying that we came to getting back to health, 
what comes to mind when I ask, what does this getting back to health, in fact, even look like? Yeah, interesting question. And, and you know, remember, besides being a divorce coach, I used to be a nurse. So health is a big focus for me. And so I think you, you captured a lot of it. For me, getting back to health is, for clients, for myself when I was going through divorce, is thinking about, you know, back to a time in your life when you were in that homeostasis or in that equilibrium. You had balance in your life. You were physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally feeling pretty good and feeling in alignment with your values. So if you're thinking about divorce or in the process, it's getting back to what did that used to look like? Where is that person? Where did that go? You know, for some people, you have to look way back, you know, who were you, you know, and maybe it's not even that you exactly want to be that person again. But what about that time and who you were had you feeling balanced? And can you bring some of that forward to now if you're going through the process or even if you're starting the recovery because you're going to go through it and you're hoping to recover well? But, you know, it's just all about getting back to that homeostasis, that those, those features that I talked about physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, and having all of that aligned with your values. So homeostasis, and I've got to pose the question to you, uh, since your your background is nursing, what exactly is that in, in, as the term is defined? Yeah, so I, I'd be hard-pressed to exactly define it, but, you know, Come on in now, medicine, Susan. <laughs> what we think of as a homeostasis is, you know, back to something that's normal. Back, and, and that's, you know, just like we talked about last week, that could be different for everyone. Like, I joke around and say, ugh. I keep trying to lose those last five pounds, but my body wants me to be a certain weight because that weight is my homeostasis. You know, that's really where my body wants me to be for whatever reason. You know, we starve or, you know, if there's a famine, our body holds on to everything, you know, that kind of theory. But homeostasis is wherever you need to be to feel truly good. And so if we apply that to what I said, physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, maybe, maybe you're not always happy, but mentally you can be happy most of the days. Spiritually, you reconnect with, you know, whatever makes you feel good in, in that lane. And then emotionally having more days, you know, that are good rather than bad physically that you're doing things to take care of the physical being that you're in. Yeah. So, okay. So if we're focusing on the what, uh, the what divorce recovery looks like, uh, and we're saying what this getting back to health in our new kind of understood terminology is, okay, so what does it look like? Again, I'm hearing that unique component. What does it look like for you? But I think it begs the question then, um, what is uh, that natural state. I, 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 I shy away from saying normal. I really don't mm-hmm. like this whole new normal thing. Mm-hmm. It's just new. And so, um, Susan, you mentioned we may have to look really far back. Um, you know, and, and so I think it maybe help me here. I think it's mm-hmm. taking us back into uh, who we are, um, that we may not know that anymore. And the opportunity that we have to self-reflect, we said this last time, awareness was huge. Um, mm-hmm. So who we are, where we are. Uh, and so 
we have a short amount of time before we're going to go move to the why we want to look at this. But what are you hearing there as I'm trying to kind of fumble through this thinking? It, it's it's not necessarily that easy, is it? <laughs> well, it's not because, you know, when you're in a marriage, everyone knows there's a lot of compromise, right? So you're giving and taking and giving and taking. And I think anybody could agree when you're in a marriage, you make compromises and that may sort of change and morph who you are, maybe for the good, maybe not so much for the good. And so it's tapping back into who am I really and who do I stand for? You know, who, 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 do I, who am I really and what do I stand for? What's important to me? And I know you and I have talked, and I talked about it a little bit before, about the whole values thing, how you and I are like get back in touch with your values. What do you care about? And so sometimes it takes a really deep dive back into, your, into self-reflection to figure out, who, who is that person? Right, exactly. And I think that's, uh, we say this in coaching oftentimes, we start with the what when we're working with somebody in coaching and we in- inevitably get to the who because that's who's making choices. And if you don't know who you are, and and this is not like hype and hopium and that sort of thing, you've got to really know who you are and values, huge components. So thanks again for bringing that up, Susan, and we both are champions of that. And so folks, what we've been talking about is divorce recovery. We've redefined it kind of or clearly defined it as this getting back to a healthy place or getting to a health, return to health and and what divorce recovery looks like, what that return to health looks like. And so now as we move into um, not phase two, segment two today, we're going to be talking about the why would we want to do this? So folks, we're here with Susan Kiernan, fellow divorce coach, my mentor divorce coach, and we're talking about this return to health and what that looks like. Stay with us. There's a lot at stake in a divorce, and you want trusted and specialized counsel. Houston attorney Craig Haston is board certified by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization and has more than 25 years of legal experience. And experience is everything. Craig will help you make the best choices for your family and your future. When divorce seems to be your next step, contact one of the most recognized attorneys in Texas, Craig Haston. To schedule a consultation, call 281-890-1300 or go to HastonLaw.com. When you're selling your home, you want to wow people when they see it. Or if you're not selling and want to enhance your enjoyment of the home, consider Simple Elegance. The team at Simple Elegance, led by Mary Scally, are masters at staging homes for sale or helping you design your interior for maximum impact. Do what new home builders do. Call the staging masters, Simple Elegance, at 877-458-8254 and SimpleElegantsTX.com. If you've gone through or are going through divorce, you know it can leave you in a dark financial hole, feeling very confused and afraid. But there's hope. Her Sermon is a financial coach and works with those navigating the financial decisions of divorce. Whether it's eliminating debt or creating your financial wellness, you want Hirsch on your team. Hirsch's easy process helps you see the reality of your financial situation and make better decisions. Stop the suffering and get out of that financial black hole. Contact Hirsch today. Go to lifecycle.financial. That's lifecycle.financial. You'll be so grateful you did. Achieving the best outcome in divorce and child custody can be extremely tough when alcohol abuse is involved. But there's help. Soberlink. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to prove their sobriety. Be confident that your kids are with a sober parent. To get an exclusive $50 off your device, email info at soberlink.com and mention the Divorce Coaching Hour. 
the Divorce Coaching Hour here with you and with Susan Kiernan again. You guys, probably one of your favorites listening to her wonderful voice calling in. I wish she was in the studio with us, but I'm uh, just happy that she's here on the phone with us. And folks, we're we're talking, uh, continuing to talk about divorce recovery. Last week, we spoke about really kind of better understanding the words and and uh may may I even say redefining them uh in that it's this return to health and whatever that health may be in the first segment we were talking with Susan uh with her background in nursing and health of this homeostasis of trying to get to a mentally physically spiritually um normal uh, whatever that normal that that may be different for you now than it was twenty years ago when you married, and so what we got to in understanding that you know marriage is compromise marriage is uh and and some people do better at it than others and i've heard said before you know you could kind of get lost in a relationship, and so maybe your efforts have been all out there with your family and your spouse and your kids, whether you're a man or a woman, it happens for both. And maybe in fact, you don't know exactly who you are anymore, you know? And so you got to take that back. And it doesn't mean that the truest nature of you isn't there. It's just, there's all these layers that we talk in the coaching world about this onion and pulling these layers back and believe you me I'm 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 really hoping I'm to the core of the onion cuz that those layers have made me cry a lot and I'm ready <laughs> I'm ready to be down there but you know at the same time when we come to that new awareness and we come to this opportunity and that's what we want to look at of getting back to health is like we can sit and say okay who am I who what do I value Susan and I were talking about values what do I want life to look like? And so in this segment, we're going to be talking about why would I even want to know what divorce recovery looks like? What does this getting back to health look like in general? But also, what does it look like for me? So, Susan, I'm wondering when I say, uh, you know, when I ask the question, why would I want to know what this return to health looks like in general? you know, kind of what's in it for me? <laughs> yeah, really good question. And you, I really enjoyed that last part that you were talking about. But what's in it for you? You know, the return to, you know, yourself and understanding yourself helps you to move forward so well. So I can really sum it up why care about recovery, why care about what the process looks like, why is it even important to be recovered from divorce and returned to homeostasis, even if it's a new awesome level of homeostasis, is actually simply said to have something to aim for. Mm. I, I just think to have something to focus on, to set as your overriding goal, I, I think it's the key to moving forward and, and to doing well in the next chapter of your life. So important. I hadn't really thought about that, but that is so important because otherwise, what's the alternative? If I'm not aiming for something, mm-hmm. what am I doing? I'm sitting in the, what, as I call it, and a lot of people call it the muck and mire, right? Of mm-hmm. what's going Floundering. on. Floundering. <laughs> Floundering all these, I, I, you know, we're talking about words and, and in some of the teaching that I do, 
um, I talk about the words that we use and, and matter of fact, even uh, what I wrote as a recap of the last show was about these words and how we use them as labels and incorrectly sometimes, but even if it's not a label, we use these words that keep us in the muck and mire. And this particular word I use in the teaching in one of the classes I do is swamped. So if we take that apart, <laughs> what, and I ask people sometimes and they, they flounder, they're like swamp. What's a swamp? I ask them, what is a swamp? Let's think of the literal meaning. So what's a swamp to you, Susan? A swamp to me feels like you're really, the weeds are all high around you. It's kind of wet and icky and muddy and, and you might be stuck. There's parts you might not be stuck and you just feel like I just picture a swamp where I can't even see out into the future. The, the weeds and everything. I have myself maybe sitting in this mess. And, so and the weeds are all real tall around me, and it's hot and sticky. So you've already I gotten go to on. the ap- right, right. You've already gotten to the application of it. But I even ask them just what is a literal swamp, and I get them to picture a swamp. And you know, oftentimes you'll hear it's this big body of water. It's mucky. It's uh, has alligators and it has uh, spiders and snakes. Oh my, right? And and then I asked them. I said, "Yep." Yeah, but we go to our clients, we go to our customers, we go to other people in our world, and we say, "I'm swamped," and we think it's this cool thing because, or we don't even know what we're saying. But what are we in fact saying? I am drowning in this mucky, murky swamp water. F- big body of water filled with snakes and spiders and, and alligators. Oh my. And what sort of description am I giving them? Right. And so we're saying that we're saying this, and this is going to go into the two, uh, two minute tip. I hadn't really planned on this conversation, but it's going to feed very nicely into the two minute tip is if we're actually, the words are coming out of our mouth, we're telling our brains because we're filtering it in through our ears. We're hearing again that we are swamped. We are stuck in the muck and mire of this situation. So if I don't have something to aim for, getting out of that swamp, a new bright beach, you know, sitting back on a lounge chair. I'm not talking about going on a trip or anything, but the vision, the... I'm I'm moving to homeostasis. That's my aim. I'm moving to a mental, mentally, physically, spiritual place. Then, and I'm not using those words. Then I'm feeding my story. Does that mm-hmm. make sense, Susan? It does completely, absolutely. If you're not getting out of it, you're sitting in it. Oh. So well said. There's a reason you're on this show with me. (laughs) If you're not getting out of it, you're sitting in it. And that is it right there, friends. You got to have an aim. And so what aim is it? And, you know, one of our other friends of the show, Hirsch Sermon, who Susan actually connected me to, he is a a financial coach. He's going to join us next week on the show. And he, he too went through a divorce and he writes about the opportunity that we have. And so, you know, next week you'll want to listen to what is my life going to look like financially when I'm through all this? What aim do you have financially? What aim do you have physically? What aim do you have spiritually? This is an opportunity to maybe right some of the wrongs of the past, maybe do some things that you haven't done. So 
what is your aim would be the question as we're talking about the why I would want to know what divorce recovery looks like. Uh, Susan, I'm just thinking if somebody's having a difficult time thinking about what would my aim be, could you share maybe what you've heard some of your clients um, want? Maybe that would spark some ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say to your listeners, think small. Mm. Just start with something small. What are you aiming for? I want to wake up and tell myself something positive tomorrow instead of waking up and telling myself something negative. Most of my clients will say, I just want to feel, and they'll say that word, that dreaded word, but it's a word, normal again. And what I gather from them is I want to wake up and not have a pit in my stomach. Mm. I want to wake up and not have my brain go 90 miles an hour with what's going to happen today with my divorce. Oh, my goodness, what, 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 what do I have to do? They want to have some peace. So I think it's setting really small sights, really small goals initially, because those will lead to the big picture. And the big picture can get bigger and bigger with blue skies and billowy clouds. And and truly, the sky is the limit. So I say, start small, aim, aim for peace, aim for positivity. If that seems too hard, aim to just be grateful for one thing a day to start. It goes back again. And I mean, just uh, I think my counselor who got me through the first two weeks of divorce, I sat on her chair every morning at 830 because I could not, I woke up with that pit in my stomach going, Mm -hmm. what just happened? And she said, you know, if you can't do anything else, when you wake up, grab your journal, write three things you're grateful for. Just get in the habit of doing that. And a habit repeated daily as you just said indirectly, Susan, it starts small, but it rolls bigger and brighter and better every day. And you just take that little step and you've just done those three great gratitudes in the morning. And then maybe you add in the three gratitudes in the evening. That's part of your nine G's, Susan, is that (laughs) grateful position. And then the next thing you know, you're like, okay, now I'm not waking up. I'm actually looking forward to waking up because I can think about, you know, something good. And Folks, what I want you to get is there's choice in this. We don't feel like there's choice in this, but there are so many small components uh, that make up a day where we can make a better choice. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the two-minute tip. You'll want to hear that because it really does completely help you understand how you do this, how you do this amazing, use your amazing mind to create this new thinking and this aim. As Susan said, uh, starting small, something positive, but it can ultimately, folks, I'm going to say it, reframe the mind and you will look down the road like I I didn't even, I I didn't even see it coming, but I feel healthy. I feel healthy. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that return to health, that divorce recovery, but that return to health, it starts with small steps. And that's um, why we would want to do it. Our aim starts with small steps. So you guys come on back. We're going to talk about more ideas about how to do it, but make sure you catch the two minute tip. Come on back. Here's today's two-minute tip. 
Okay, friends, go with me on this one. I'm calling this two-minute tip the field of dreams. And no, we're not talking about baseball. What we are talking about is something that is very important that you need to know. And that very important something is that you can make changes in your life that will help you achieve your dreams. And those changes, they start in your mind. Folks, your mind is very powerful, and we only use a small portion of it. Let's learn how to use that powerful mind to create the life of our dreams. Now, to represent the mind, we are going to use a field to explain this. Okay, picture, if you will, a field. You are at one side. On the other side is water. You want the water. What are you going to do? You are going to go across that field from where you are to that water that you want. And you're going to keep doing that daily because as it turns out, you must have water to live. Now, what happens when that water dries up? I'll tell you. Because we are creatures of habit and ease and we don't like change, we will keep walking that path and expecting that water to be there. Ever done that? Keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? Yep, me too. But what we need to know is that we can change. We can make another choice. When we discover that what we want can be found by going in another direction, we can choose to walk to that water, not the dried up hole. This example is an extremely simplified way to explain how we can change things in our mind and ultimately in our life through different habits, different actions, and yes, different thinking. And in doing so, we can get the different results we want. We can achieve those dreams by taking a new path on that field, a new path in our mind. Get it? I hope so. If you want to know more about this field of dreams and how you can change your habits, actions, and thinking, reach out to me. You can find me at thedivorcecoachinghour.com or email me at christy at christystratton.com. You can also reach us on Facebook at The Divorce Coaching Hour and on Instagram at Coach Christy Stratton. And please keep listening each week for another two-minute tip all to support you or someone you know who is facing or going through divorce. And please share this episode with those who will benefit. We're back. Uh, we've been talking about uh, swamps and fields. <laughs> and you might be thinking, wait a second, have I tuned into the divorce coaching hour? Uh, well, you have, because <laughs> we're talking with fellow coach, uh, divorce coach, and my mentor, divorce coach, again, Susan Kiernan. And we've been talking about what this return to health, this divorce recovery looks like. And then we talked about the why. Why would we want it to, why would we want to know what it looked like? Um, and what we got to was that we, um, in coming back to this healthy place, we need to realize that our mind is very powerful and people often say, I just want to get back to normal. I just want some peace. Well, there are things that we can do. And we shared some tips and tools in the two minute tip. And so that's why we were talking about the swamp. We were talking about how our mind works and, and how we can change our mind and reframe our mind. And then I gave an example of a swamp. And then in the two minute tip, I talked about a field. So go back and catch that. You'll, you'll be all caught up. You'll understand what we're talking about. But now I want to say, Susan, okay, so here we are. And we're talking about the how we've talked about the what of divorce recovery. Now, why we want to know about it. Now, how? Now, here's what I want to go with the how. How do we stay on that path of getting back to health, that return to health, that divorce recovery when life happens? Like, oh, ex-spouse or in the middle of a divorce sends some sort of kind of biting email. Mm-hmm. What do we do then? Uh-oh. Yeah, great. Great <laughs> example and a great point because 
that goes back again to why do I want to recover, right? Why do I want to keep writing myself and get myself to a place, you know, where I'm on a path forward, where I have something to aim for? And just like you said, in your two-minute tip, which I thought was fantastic about habits, actions, and thinking, right? So if you're doing all of that work, the hard work of figuring out who you are, feeling good physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, right? Chances are when you get one of those emails, and maybe it's just a snarky email or maybe it's a co-parenting issue or who knows what, right? But it could be some kind of a threat. Wouldn't it be awesome if you felt empowered to respond and not react? Mm. And how amazing it is when that empowerment of responding and feeling like, "Mm, I handled that pretty well, it builds on itself. Yeah. And that grows and grows and grows. So talk about planting the seeds in this field that you've got going on for us, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> the seeds. We just keep talking about these metaphors. That's uh, I just love it. And, you know, I love seeds and the growth. We're talking about a return to health and we're talking about um, this, uh, just the idea of new life. Uh, with seeds and and but I got to go back to this Susan respond versus react and Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't know if you and I've talked about it before but I I do think that that's either going to be another two-minute tip sometime or it's going to be uh, a conversation you and I have again another show that we do because (laughs) we're talking about these words and that is so huge yes there is such a difference between respond and react folks and that response, um, uh, Susan, there was something I was thinking about with regards to it, but what is the difference between responding and reacting, in your opinion? Well, I feel like when you respond to something, you feel in control. It feels measured. It, it feels okay to you. When you react, it actually seems to me, especially in the case of divorce, Something's happened. You have all of this internal response. Maybe your heart rate races, your brain's going, and boom, something comes out. You might not even be sure what came out, or you might not have even been measured in your response, and then come the consequences, right? But responding is more of a thoughtful thing. Reacting is, like it says, kind of like a knee jerk, like just something happens. There's a lot more power and... I think safety in responding. I, uh, of course, we got to the same word, and I was um, just listen, in listening to you. I was drawn to um, some of the work I've had to learn uh, about what the, these words mean and and how when we so called act them out. Um, that on one level, respond, we're detached. Now that does not mean folks aloof or not caring. But we have removed ourselves from the, the the ball of emotions that are around this thing. And we're just looking at it is, in, as Susan said, this measured and control place. And it's not some sort of attack on me or means this. We're just looking at it for, you know, fact of the matter type of thing. And in fact, Susan, we got to this word power. That is, in fact, very powerful. It takes work mm-hmm. to get there. Otherwise... When, and this is really a good check, folks. If you're reacting to something, 
you're still emotionally tied to it. There is still some sort of attachment you have there. And uh, dare I say, we even uh, take steps into some sort of expectation set, setting and, and, and you create suffering. And Eckhart Tolle does a great job on talking about that. Uh, but the other thing is, is folks reacting, it gives your power away, right? Yeah. It, and, and so that power, it's so important. Susan, in staying with this... Um, uh, responding, and we're talking about how do we stay on this path when uh, we get that email. What are some things folks could do in that moment when they get that email and they want to respond and they've heard the show, but everything in their body says, I want to react? What could they do to help them respond? Well, I always suggest that unless it's a dire emergency, which 99% of emails are not, um, generally if someone might get a text, but even in the same context as a text, evaluate the first thing. Is it necessary for me to respond to this immediately? Number one. Number two, perhaps craft a, you know, draft a response that you're going to go back and look at and evaluate, even if it's an hour later. And I know that might be a lot of time and a lot of effort, but this kind of practice builds on itself there again, where you don't respond immediately. You take a few deep breaths, even if that's the very first thing you do, is take a few cleansing deep breaths and say, how am I going to tackle this? How am I going to handle this, right? Then it does become more of a thoughtful measured, how am I going to respond to this? And then certainly, Christy, I know you're very familiar with the work of Bill Eddy, who does, you know, high-conflict communication. And so he recommends BIF, brief, informative, friendly, and firm. Always <laughs> be looking at your responses. If it's something that you feel triggered by or something that you feel like, oh, I'm going to tell them how it's going to go, you know, some kind of reaction, if you use that as a gauge for your response, and then at the very least, leave it as a draft, Go back an hour, four hours, eight hours later, whenever you're comfortable, and look at it and say, is there anything I can take out of this that gives me my power back, that makes it feel more comfortable? You know, um, there's two th- two directions I want to go. And first, I want to get that biff. Brief, informative, friendly, and what firm. Was it? firm. Firm, right. Firm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. I wanted to catch that, folks. Biff, this, I mean, just remember this when, I, when you're coming to that email. Mm-hmm. But there's another B there, and you heard Susan say it, breathe. Those 10 deep breaths, huge. Uh, don't huge. respond immediately. Draft something. There's a couple things I've heard over the years is like when you do, when you've got this emotional thing happening, uh, go ahead and write a letter to that person but with no intention of ever sending it. And by the way, very quickly rip it up. (laughs) (laughs) Get the emotions. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Get the emotions out because as you, as you get the emotions out, you may see a clearer uh, path. Right. And you may be like, Oh, that's why. And then going back, not only reading it, but reading it out loud, friends, you hear the tone and we've talked about those words before, like swamped, right? You hear mm-hmm. the tone. And so then if you keep this brief informative and friendly and firm, then I call it the kiss principle. Keep it simple, sweetheart. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but here's the other thing I wanted to say, folks, this isn't just divorce related. This is in all of your communication, 
right? Uh, yes. Because, and so it's not just people in conflict and divorce. This can be used in, in anything, anything with conflict. And, and I'm just going to say it. We should do it more often. I, I, this is another part. It must be a combination of my teaching day and content yeah. along with the show. But I teach people email etiquette and communication etiquette. We're going to be able to communicate with someone so much better if we, in fact, take these steps. We're not going to... Um, we're we're going to sow seeds of goodness versus just completely slash down that that field and to keep the metaphors going right. Yes. <laughs> so as we move into final thoughts uh, in the next segment, um, you guys, I want you. I'm just going to do a quick recap here. We've been talking about the why of uh, rather what divorce recovery looks like. We've talked about why we would want to look at that. And then now we've been talking about what happens when life pulls you back uh, or or pulls you sideways or pulls you somewhere off the path. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is the healthier you're going to get, the more of a place you're going to be able to get where you're going to keep standing firmly, walking forward with that aim to that new place you want to be. And folks, I know I can speak for Susan. I know that she and I are just like simpatico. We want that for you. And we believe in you and we know that you can do it. So when we come back, we'll hear a little bit more from Susan. We'll catch some final thoughts. But and you guys don't want to miss those, I'm sure. So come on back. Friends, I'm so glad that you're listening to the Divorce Coaching Hour. And there's something I want you to know. I really want you to hear this. I, as a divorce coach and the host of this show, don't advocate for divorce in general. Our goal is to glorify God first and foremost by helping you save your marriage. The fact of the matter is that there are times when a marriage can't be saved. I know, I've been there. And when it can't be saved, we want to walk alongside you through it. We want to help you pick up the fragments, put the pieces together, and help you stand strong and walk through divorce courageously. And I want to share something with you that may help. I'm on another show here on KKHT. I'm honored to be the wingman on Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendela, where each week Richard and I talk about the intersection of our faith and the secular world. And together with interesting guests, we shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for Courageous Christianity. It's my belief that Courageous Christianity with Richard Mindelow can be another resource that you can turn to as you walk through this path of significant change in your life. So please join us. You can catch the show on this station, 100.7 FM KKHT, at 12 p.m. noon Central Time, Saturdays, and online at kkht.com as well. Hey, grab your lunch and join us for both shows back-to-back, 12 p.m. noon for Courageous Christianity and 1 p.m. for the Divorce Coaching Hour. You can also find all shows under podcasts, under the Programs tab on KKHT.com. Richard and I hope you'll listen in. As always, if you want to reach me, you can find me at thedivorcecoachinghour.com or call me at 281-944-8043. We are grateful for you joining us each week and for your support. And our new music. Now, that's in fact called Bouncing Back. But we have decided to call it um, bouncing forward. How's that? We're talking about divorce recovery, and uh, we're just going to get a little, you know, creative licensure in here. 
Uh, somebody said to us, um, actually the host of Courageous Christianity, Richard Mendelo, whom you just heard about, uh, he said, hey, you should call it Bouncing Forward. And I was like, hey, that's right. <laughs> so that's what we're going to call it. Bouncing Forward. That's what we're talking about. Um, lots of different metaphors in this show. We've been talking about swamps and fields and seeds and growing. And now we're talking about bouncing. Uh, <laughs> um, and we're here, as you may have heard, we're here with Susan Kiernan. She is a um, fellow divorce coach, my mentor coach in the divorce specialty, and a delight to talk to and really helping us unpack this uh, getting back to health place. Um, now, we've been talking about what that looks like in this show uh, of divorce recovery and also then the why we would want to know about it. And then we talked about how do we keep on that path when life pulls us sideways, backwards, or bounces us somewhere, right? And, right. you know, one of the things that uh, often comes up is, and I hear it a lot, is when do I know I'm ready to date? Well, I, I'm just going to give you my opinion, folks, first, and then Susan and I can briefly talk about it. But we've talked, I think, one thing that's run through these two shows is that every situation is unique to you. Now, uh, we also, Susan mentioned in the last show, this kind of catching up. One spouse may have to catch mm -hmm. up. Uh, and so it really has to be unique to you. It has to be tied with your faith as well. Now, what do I mean by this catching up? So, for example, you've got someone who's been in a long marriage. It's been a challenge from day one, and they've been working through this and healing through the years. And... They get through it. They they actually, in fact, set the goals that they want. You know, who do I want to be down the road? Six months, 12 months, three years, five years. They do the work like this recovery. And five to six months down the road, they decided decide to date. That's their choice. That's their. And the fact of the matter is life happens. There's again, we had said there's no kind of cookie cutter answer for this. Now, mm -hmm. like for someone like myself. Um, blindsided by the divorce uh, took me a long time and I didn't go through those steps and so I've been kind of hemming and hawing around for like the last 10 years and I wish I had done these things a uh, large part of the work that I do is probably healing work of myself of why why I was drawn to this coaching work and divorce coaching work but I've I have been working throughout maybe I'm just a slow learner um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think we have to make sure there's there again is no one answer. And the the only thing that I think we both could probably agree on is that we want you to really be aware of what we're talking about. Give some thought to it. Get to know who you are. Decide who you want to date. Um don't let it be decisions based on like I'm lonely or those sorts of things. So when I say all that, Susan, what, what's your feedback? Where do you stand on this? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know, there's no, you know, one size fits all for sure, because there are people who've been thinking about or been miserable in a marriage for years and years, and they are recovering as they go along. And so by the time they file for divorce, they've put a lot of things in place for themselves. And so 
I personally have a very strong theory from many, many years of working with people in divorce that you attract people at the level where you are on that equilibrium scale of overall wellness. Mm. If you are not feeling great, your self-confidence is shattered, I truly believe you're probably going to attract someone who either just speaks to that, but the other pieces aren't maybe right for you, or they're not feeling good, or you're both in, like, let's talk about our exes and our bad story, and that's just going to drag you down. And so my, my theme for when I talk to people at the, about this is, don't you want to be your best self getting out there again with clarity about who you are and what and who you want to spend time with. And until you can say, yes, amen, I am there, I think maybe it probably doesn't hurt to have coffee with people and things like that. But so often I have clients who jump right in, and then they get hurt again. Yeah. Or they make a bad choice, they tell me. It's it's such a big topic, and I, you know, maybe, again, Susan, you'll just have to be on the show all the time. <laughs> we'll talk, I've, I've, in fact, been going through a book called Lady in Waiting, um, and I've had some just, you know, I've been formally divorced since 2007. Some new uh, awareness has come about with regards to um, my choices, my beliefs, um how my faith plays into who I date, what I want in life. Um, there's a whole bunch of socialization that gets tied in with that. But wow. Susan, I, um, and so that's a whole nother show, but you know what? Yeah. I love that you said we attract people at the level where you are and, or I paraphrased, and mm-hmm. don't you want to be your best self? So the question there in li- lies, I think, um, what is the version? What What is your best self? And I'll just let the cat out of the bag. Another metaphor. Um, <laughs> we've We've got a best self exercise, both Susan and I. And you know, if you if you want to know about that, reach out to us. Reach out to Susan at uh, susankiernancoaching dot com. You heard that last time. Um, you can find her. She's on. Instagram and you're at Susan Kiernan coaching on Instagram as well. Yeah, I am. So reach out to her. And I promised last time I would put some information on uh, Facebook about Susan and I didn't do that. I did post our shows. I need to put some information there for her, but she she and I both have this best self exercise and it's a really good look uh, at yourself. And, and, and folks, I know it can be a little bit challenging to, um, ask yourself these questions, but I'm going to tell you, it's so worth it. It's so worth it to make these choices for you, for the who you are. And that's what we've been talking about for that healthy you. And so I love that, Susan. Don't you want to be your best self? So I think that's a good place to come to as we head into final thoughts. But we've talked about a lot of things from divorce recovery on uh, the meaning of it, the whys, the whats, and the hows. Any final thoughts? I guess my wish for your listeners would be, be good to yourself. It starts there. Have empathy that you have been through a lot. Trust that you have come out stronger and more resilient. And now, wow, you have a door that is wide open to create your next chapter, your new beginning. And maybe it doesn't seem like that now, but it will. And your mindset is key. Your mindset is key and some more metaphors, chapters, and books. But, you know, friends... 
I really get it. Uh, loss is hard. People don't realize. I don't think that this is um, something that you need to grieve, and it takes time. But if we stay stuck in that swamp, um, I I wish that I could say it as well as Susan said it earlier. But basically, if you stay stuck, you're not going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And and so. This is good, being good to yourself, this work of asking yourself who you are, what do you want? I get it. Maybe you want that marriage, but the fact of the matter is that acceptance, it's, it's building something new, something different, um, something, um, full of possibility, mm-hmm. opportunity, Filled with your best self, right? Anything, yes. anything you would add, Susan? No, oh, I. You covered it. That was great. Yeah, and you know, I have the same wish for you, folks. Uh, we just, we know it's a hard time, and we're walking this path with you, uh, alongside with you, and that's is what this show is here for. Both Susan and I um, come with a heart to you listeners sharing of our time and information, what we've been through, what we've studied, what we specialized in and designated in because we know it's so hard. We heard in the last show that some people describe this as the worst moment of their life. I was thinking about that. Uh, I think it was almost the worst moment of my life at the point it happened. It was next to then mm-hmm. when my father died and then my mother died and my nephew had cancer. It was just a, wow. a whole bunch of things, right? But we're here to help you with your thinking. Well, that's really what we've been talking about, uh, to be your thinking partners. And, you know, so we want you to keep listening to the show. Reach out to us, Susan Kiernan Coaching, com. You can find us at the Divorce Coaching Hour. And my guests like Susan uh, and all the others are here to support you as we look at you walking this path, responding, aiming for something good as you grow through it, get out of that swamp. I'm pulling all the metaphors together, Susan. <laughs> You're doing a phenomenal job. So, <laughs> I see the vision. Good, good. So Susan, thank you again for joining us. I really appreciate it. I couldn't do it without you. Oh, thank you, Christy, for having me. I loved it as always. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will have to have you back on um, as we continue. This is the 101th show. Uh, how do you say 101th? <laughs> but, but that's how you say it if, I, if I'm saying it. But uh, friends, I'm so grateful you've been with us today. It's my prayer that this show helps you or someone in your life. Reach out to us at the Divorce Coaching Hour or email me at Christy at ChristyStratton.com. Thank you for listening today to the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton. I can't wait to be here with you each and every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word.